0: Today, Melissa is in a uh, retreat, and uh, the Palmers were available, and it's good to have them return home. And uh, we miss them, and uh, told them they're always welcome. So maybe they'll come back sometime. Coax them into it, right? So, well, uh, before we start um, just wanted to share one one thing real quick. Yeah, I got time. Good, good, good. Uh, went to a conference. Actually, uh, I heard this guy speak at District Assembly. Some of us did, and uh, so uh, we had him back in August. We took some of our leaders to this com- uh, to hear a guy named Daryl Kripe speak. And, uh, you know, when I heard him speak at District Assembly, it wasn't, you know, it's a speaker at an assembly that you're just kind of there because you're supposed to be there, and that's hard um, because there's a lot of things on your mind, and sometimes you just want to go home after you've been there a while, right? So, uh, I heard him on that Sunday, he he was giving his testimony about why he started giving this talk, and it was because he went to church. And it was because he was at a church where the people and the church was real. And the people talked about their real problems. And it wasn't they just plastered the smile on their face and everything was great and all of those things. And then they all went home and their lives were a wreck. And that stuck in my heart a lot which is partially the reason for why we're talking what we're talking about. But um, I want you to know that that's the kind of place that we need to be. We need to be a real church. Because believe me when I tell you that your pastor, the guy who stands up here, he's not perfect. Amen. You're welcome. And I struggle with a lot of stuff, and I mess up, and I make dumb decisions, and I don't do things right every time, and I fail a lot, and I struggle with that. So, I want to be real with you, and I try and share those things sometimes when I speak, but that has to come through in all of our lives. So, when people come here, or when you encounter people out there, they need to know that we're real, but we're also real Jesus followers. Does that make sense? That was for free and had nothing to do with what we're talking about, except it has everything to do with what we're talking about. So if we drop a rock, say, yay big, into a lake and you're going to get to watch it, okay? I didn't do this. I found it, okay? It makes some ripples, right, even in slow motion, okay? And those ripples, they kind of drift off into every direction, and it's oddly satisfying. Just watch the screen while I talk, okay? It's oddly satisfying, maybe, because, you know, the ripples, they're coordinated, okay? They're... They have some symmetry to them. They're symmetrical, right? Maybe it's just because I'm weird. You know, it's very possible. That's why it's oddly satisfying. But it's cool, the way it works. And if you throw a rock in the pond, it's the way it works. No matter how big the rock is, the ripples happen. But even as the amount of energy diminishes going across the pond, regardless of how big the rock is, they, they have the same effect all the way across. They just, it just decreases, right? There's a physics lesson in there somewhere or a physical science lesson or something. I'm not qualified to teach that. Um, I'm barely qualified to teach this. But the effect that the ripple has on this pond and the effect that a ripple has in our life is not lost on us today. At least I hope, okay? Okay? So, if you want to turn in your scriptures today to the Gospel of Matthew, it's the first book of the New Testament, and we've been hanging out there. This is our focus scripture for our roaring disciples uh, that we've been talking about um, for the last few weeks, and uh, we'll wind that down here in another week or so. But uh, chapter 5 of Matthew, and uh, we're talking about being salt for the last couple weeks, and we're going to kind of move on from there today, but I want to read the whole passage today for you. And Starting in chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can, you, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl; instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see that let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord today. Well, for the past couple of weeks, we've I've been exploring what it looks like not only to have a relationship with Jesus or to be his follower or to be a disciple, but also sharing your life experiences, right? How following Jesus impacts life with others or discipleship. And Jesus is sharing his oft-repeated Message that the, the church world kind of knows as the Sermon on the Mount. This message that Jesus, this master teacher, the master teacher Jesus, he gives this analogy as a statement, right? We talked about this in the past. You are salt. You are the salt of the earth, right? Again, a statement. Jesus was speaking to this big group of people, and Matthew wrote it all down. They heard it over and over again, but he's speaking to this big group of people. Jesus is speaking to his uh, closest disciples right now in, in this moment, and right now, he's also speaking to you and me. You are salt. You are salt. And Jesus, in this time, he's very secure in who he's saying this to. He didn't say that you are perfect, Right? He did not say that you will do everything right every time. He didn't say that you'll maintain every relationship and every, make every right decision and say the right thing every time in the right moment. Okay, Husbands, that we wish we would, right? But it doesn't work that way. Okay? He said, you are salt. And as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, salt gets out of the shaker. If it's going to do any good... It can work, and it works to get in touch with as many as it can. If it's going to work appropriately and salt gets out of the shaker, it works to get down in the cracks and the crevasses, right? the crevices and of everyday life. and it works around everything to season and to preserve the things that it comes in contact with. And if salt stays in the shaker, it's worthless, right? It's like getting this big tub of popcorn at the movies and just setting the salt shaker right on the top of it, right? It does no good. You got to dump the whole thing on it, right? Amen. Okay? And then you got to get the big old pop to go with it because that's how you wash it down, right? For, for salt to be effective, we have to step out of what we view as comfortable. We have to step out of what we view as even safe from time to time and listen and be with people in our world that need to be and need to see Jesus followers that care about them and that, that, that they care about them where they are, right? That, that they want, that, you know, they, we don't care that they're here only at this church in this moment at this time. We, we care about them where they are all the time, not just at a Bible study, not just at 10.45 on a Sunday morning. So today, we're going to look at the second part of Jesus' statement. And yes, again, it's a, not a recommendation. It's not a uh, uh, an impl- impl- implication. It's a statement. You are the light of the world. You are salt, and you are light. So to get a, bit, uh, a little bit of a frame of reference for the power of light in Scripture, um, we get the uh, we, can, we can do this by flipping over to the Gospel of John real quick. So if you want to, you can um, look at John chapter 1 with me. Um, I'll read it for you here in just a moment. Um, and, and so John starts off with the, the creation story, the, the, the story of Jesus' birth, right? But it's a little more metaphorical, uh, Jesus' arrival on to, onto the planet. You know, Matthew's account is all gene, genealogical. And Luke's account is the actual account we always read at Christmas time. But John, he kind of gives more of a metaphorical uh, account of Jesus' arrival, and it revolves around light. And so in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W. That's important. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So that's two full verses, and he says exactly the same thing. He just says it forwards and backwards, right? Verse three Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. When I was in college, or just out of college, Ron and Sharon Jackson worked as the pastors at College Church. Uh, They were were pastors to college-age kids at College Church of the Nazarene um, at Mid-American Nazarene University. And uh, I worked as an intern for them. And every summer, we would take a a canoe trip slash camping trip, something along those lines. And during that time, um, somewhere like in southern Missouri, Clinton, Missouri, on the Niangua River. And one of the best parts of the trip is that we got to drive through Tightwad, Missouri. Anybody been through Tightwad, Missouri? Yeah. I don't know why I brought that up, but that's a funny name. So that's why. Um, but Ron, he would always send out a packing list, right? You're going to bring, you don't want them, they're college kids. And they're smart kids, but not when it comes to knowing what to pack stuff, because moms usually do that uh, for them. And so bring a sleeping bag, right? Bring a tent, bring your swimming suit, extra clothes, bring your flash dark, and you go, know, right? You had to bring your flash dark, because everyone wants to use your flash dark all afternoon so you can create some darkness, Everyone uses your flash dark, except the thing is, flash darks aren't a thing, because you cannot create darkness, because darkness does not have the ability to overpower light, period, right? Light exists through, and so I know that, um, you you know this is true, that if you're a sleep in the dark type of person, um, it's very rare anymore that anything is made without some kind of a display, that doesn't have a light on it. Especially if you sleep in a hotel. So if you're a sleep in the dark time person and you sleep in a hotel, you'll know that it's like a flashing billboard of some kind, even if it's just this tiny little LED light. And now it takes a moment or two for your eyes to adjust, but you can probably read a book from that little bitty LED display in your room if, if you needed to. So, Light overcomes darkness, always. But after, uh, because that's that's the nature of its properties. Darkness has no power. And as we flip back to Matthew, in our salt and light passage, after Jesus makes this salt declaration, he double bags the analogy a little bit with a little analogy about light. Because just in case they didn't understand the properties of salt, maybe, I don't know, they didn't eat salt. Maybe they had a heart issue um, and things like that and their doctor told them to take that out. So Jesus, in a perfect world, knows that um, they would know about the properties of light because they had to have light to function at nighttime. And Jesus sets this perfect perfect word picture up in our minds. Uh, A city on a hill cannot be hidden, right? If you want to see light, Looking up is the best place to do it. Right, so it's the most accessible place to find accessible place to find light. Where are the lights in our room right now? They're up. Okay, so if you want to find light, look up. So it's pretty simple. And you couldn't you couldn't hide the fires. So if you had a city up on a hill, you couldn't hide them because they had the fires that they used either in their house or outside their homes for light or for cooking or for warmth. Or whatever, you couldn't hide those things, and so you could find where the places were that were up on a hill. Back to our camping trip. We would establish a beachhead, usually, our camping site, and we would sit up by the river, and we would have a camp kitchen always. Uh, We traveled well, right? When, When we went with Ron, you always travel well, and there was always great food involved. And we would always have a campfire, mostly because that's standard youth ministry uh, culture. Campfires are necessary with youth ministry. And, and around, we'd also have a kitchen area where we had tables and a grill would set up to cook. And we had multiple lanterns. And those lanterns would be where? On the ground? No. Right? They would, you know, be Hunt, who was the camp cook. Our our camp chef would rig up four poles and we would hang those dudes seven or eight feet up in the air and we would hoist them up and the light would shine way up high and the bugs would stay up there while we were down here and it was awesome because light overcomes darkness every time. The higher the light, the further it goes. Get up in the air, get light up in the air and people can see it for miles, right? Right? Like case in point, airplanes—they fly five miles above the air, uh, above the earth. You can see those lights popping right by, no problem, right? right? The closest star in the earth to the earth, you can see it just fine, and it's 25.3. It's it's a long ways away. It's this many, it's it's this many miles away. Go ahead and put that up. It, it's that many with uh, eleven zeros behind it. I don't know how to say that number, so there you go. Um I I don't care. It's a long waste. (laughs) Um that's all you need to know. You can see it fine, right? Just look up. Right? The sun. You ever have trouble seeing the sun? Never. Okay. 93 million miles. I can say that one away. The sun is so visible, in fact, it's so high up on a hill, as Jesus would put it, it shines so bright that multiple things in our galaxy reflect the light of the sun so much. For example, the moon, which has absolutely zero light. There's not one fractal of light emitted from the moon. It's got a 100% darkness, but it reflects so much of the sun that it looks like it lights up. Light overcomes darkness in such a powerful way that it cannot help but be impacted by it. Darkness cannot help but be impacted by the light. Our challenge in the middle of this series to be roaring disciples, we had three goals, right? To be, to be with Jesus, right? To take time in prayer, spend time in his word, focus on other spiritual disciplines that will draw us closer to the presence of God. To become like Jesus, which is kind of a natural progression because if we're reflecting what we what we look at the most what we look at most of the time and what we talk to who we talk to most of the time then we're pumping those god words into our heart and we're applying them to our life then we're going to become more like him and then we constantly are speaking that's the way it's going to work we're going to become more like Jesus and then we do what Jesus did and that was the hard one. We talked about that all last week. The hard part is doing what Jesus did. Spend time with sinners. Jesus had this, this nickname by uh, people, a friend of sinners, right? Which is pretty much everyone. We're all sinners, so Jesus would be your friend. But he did this all while not judging them, which is hard for us. Instead, he would find ways to allow God we need to find ways to allow God to use your life experience, allow God to shine through you, use the light that's in you for your, through your future, your, your past failures, and, and to build into the lives of the people that you see every day, because that's what Jesus did. He didn't have the failures, but he still built into the life of those and their failures. Now, how are we, how are we doing with all this? How are we doing all of this and impacting our culture for Jesus Christ? We started uh, this series by talking about a book by Bob Briner called Roaring Lambs. And it, it kind of centers, it, it's kicked off by this quote that he had that, that Christians are pretty much a non-entity when it comes to shaping culture. Well, he wrote that 30 years ago. And so he, he starts to ask these questions again. How are we doing now? How are you doing in, at impacting your culture for Jesus? How are we sharing and living this out as individuals? How are we sharing and living this out as a church? Okay. So here's a couple of questions for you to mull over. Um, Bob Reiner wrote, he wrote the questions. I kind of reformed them because... Again, 30 years ago, so they're a little antiquated, so I kind of made them a little bit more modern, but um, know that he's really the author. I kind of paraphrased them so they seem a little more 2023-ish than 1995. So who's supplying the salt of the gospel in your town? Who's supplying the salt in Emporia? What's the strategy? What what strategy is your own church pursuing to provide the salt in areas of your local community? Do we have one? I mean, I know we do, but do you? Do you know about it? Do you ask those questions? What are your methods? this This is specific to you, and this is not age specific. It starts here, and it ends here. What are your methods of speaking to people outside the walls of this church? When the average person in your town thinks of a Christian, this is a good one. When the average person in your town thinks of a Christian, who comes to mind? Is your only response to evil in your community a boycott? or a gripe session with a few other members of your Bible study or church people? Or even better yet, to jump on Emporia Chat and post your feelings about stuff. Those are pretty valuable questions that we should probably mull over. He's speaking, he's asking us these things, like Bob Reiner is asking us these things. But what he's saying is, how are you being light in your specific world? That's what he's saying. How are you being light? Are you being light in your immediate family? With your neighbors? Kids, teens, in the halls at your school? To the teacher that you just can't stand? That's hard. I know. Right? Because there's not an age limit to being light, I hope you know that, right? No age limits to being light and salt. Are you, being, are you specifically being light in your world at your job? With your community leaders, on your social media, in your social circles, in your friend groups, how are you being light? It's a personal question. And it's semi rhetorical because you have the ability to make a ripple that that makes a huge impact and and the key here is the you part okay you have the the ability to make a ripple I do too I have the ability to make a ripple we all have we all make a ripple that's a lot in one pond, right? If Emporia is a big pond, are you making the picture here? Okay, there's another quote that, that Bob Reiner asked. He, he gets kind of in the middle of it. He says, um, when he begins, uh, he began asking, uh, he began the chapter by asking, who speaks for Christians today? The answer is simple, you do. Not your pastor or a famous Christian author, Or one of the well known personalities on Christian radio or television, you do. He's saying that you have a ripple, that you have a light that you get to shine. Who speaks for Christians today? And if you are a Christian, the answer is you do. Not just your pastor. I wish he would have put just, right? He said just, not your pastor. Because I shared this on the first Sunday, almost four years ago, when I came to Emporia, that if it's up to me by myself, our church cannot grow. Okay? I can do so much, but I can't do everything. I, it's up to all of us. That's why we have the puzzle pieces, right? We all have a piece of the puzzle. We all have to be salt. We all have to be light. It's all, we're all a part of it. And if you leave it up to me, first of all, I will fail you. Second of all, we will be continually small. Not that this is small, but you understand what I mean. We have a cap if it's only up to one person. Okay? So if it's up to me to grow the church, we're in trouble because I don't know all the people that you know. And I probably will never know all the people that you know. I don't have the capacity for that. So um, it's, it's not up to just the pastor. It's, 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 all, it's up to all of us to be light. It's not up to just a famous Jesus follower, right? It cannot, we can't just rely on throwing a Max Lacadio book at, at somebody and saying, well, I hope, I hope this works for you. Okay, read it. It's inspiring. It's good. And I hope it works for you. Okay, nothing wrong with Max Locato. good dude, good books. Or hoping that a, maybe a, a Tim Tebow YouTube clip of him preaching at the Passion Conference is, uh, you know, as he speaks, that he speaks for all Jesus followers. Okay, because he was, a, you know, he was a former athlete, Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Bron- Broncos. <laughs> Sorry, Marlene, <laughs> I could almost couldn't do it, um, and so. Uh, but that is the last time they won a playoff game, almost. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, but now he speaks. He's a, he's a strong Christian man. But, and he, he, uses, he uses his light for good things. But here's the deal. There's tons of people, the Tim that, that he's able to reach for Jesus. I'll never be able to reach him. And the same is true about me reaching people that he won't, Okay because I doubt that he's coming to Emporia. Maybe he will, but that's that's the way it works because our ripple is big enough if you just be the light that Jesus said that you already are. Okay? Maxwell Cato books, they're fantastic. I've read a ton of them because there are a ton of them. They're a helpful and great resource. But he'll probably never set foot in Emporia, Kansas, on your street when your neighbor loses a family member and needs a physical presence in their living room. Okay? And you have that opportunity to be salt and light in their living room while you pray and cry right along with them. And your ripple in the pond begins to float right across the, the water. Does that make sense? Because you're salt and light for Jesus the impact that makes on a life it runs deep and wide like the ripples caused by the rock on a pond remember the big rock the kind uh, the kind and godly words that you share with a couple that are dealing with hard issues maybe with fertility or infertility or whatever the case may be or maybe they're marital struggles, it might just be um, that it might be shared with their kids someday because they've gotten through it all, and it blesses their children because that's what needed to be said years before, and your pastor didn't do anything, it was your words, it was your ripple, it was your light, and neither did Tim Tebow or Max Lucado or Sadie Robertson or whoever else, all great people, Right? The meal that you take to a coworker when their spouse passes away and you spend some time with them just might make an impact on the three kids that lose a parent and open a door to the whole family to shine your light all over the darkness in their world. And the ripples just continue to grow because you are light. You might not be light, you are light and the darkness will not overcome it. As a disciple, you speak for Jesus, and you have the opportunity to share the life that you are currently living, perfect or not. So I guess what I said at the very beginning did have something to do with today, because our lives aren't perfect. And the life that you're living Right, might not be perfect at the moment, and that's okay. And when you share that life and where you are in your relationship with Jesus at that moment, because you might be upset with Jesus. You're like, I'm mad at God right now because I don't know what I'm doing, and it doesn't seem like he's helping me, even though he is. First of all, it's okay to be mad at God because he can take it. Plenty of people in Scripture, read the Psalms, have been upset with God. And they've all made it through, right? Well, some of them died, but I think you're good. Here's the deal, though. He's going to walk through it with you. He's promised to be with you. And when you share that life and where you are in that relationship with God, the salt's getting everywhere. The light is shining everywhere. And as a disciple, I speak for Jesus too. And I have the same opportunities as your pastor, as a dad, as a husband, as a middle school football coach, as a, you know, somebody driving down the road that just has the opportunity not to get upset with the people who can't drive in front of me. Right? It's just the way it works. And there are times when, we, you know, when our circles will overlap. And that's the fun time, right? That's the opportunities when we get to be in community together, right? But a lot of it, it comes down to your light on others because you are light. And that ripple will just continue to roll out. And pretty soon, if we make enough ripples, it looks like this in the same pond. And it will overlap, won't it? It looks just like this. The whole pond is covered with them. That's what we should look like. So, get your light up in the air, right? Right? Kids do it all the time. Don't let Satan blow it out, right? No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! No! Right? That's what Jesus was saying. I'm not going to hide it under anything. Let your light shine. This little light of mine, you only get one, right? But you are light, and you've got to let it shine. Let's see how many ripples that we can make in our community. One big rock at a time, right? right? I'm a bigger rock than you guys, so I'm just, I mean, look. But that's how we impact our culture. We don't want to be a non-entity in our cu- when shaping our cu- culture, right? And we do that by getting the salt out of the shaker and not using our flash dark, but being a light that shines. And then we get to see what God can do through his people. But guess what happens when we do those things? Great things happen inside of us too, Right? Those are the kind of changes that we want to see and feel because it makes you want to do more, right? It makes our light bigger and makes our ripples bigger. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for being very secure in who we are, knowing full well that you are with us through all of this. Father, today, we just ask for the boldness that it takes to be salt and to be light. That we, the world that we live in is hard. And the people that look at Christians in a funny way because of how others might act, maybe in the way that we act, because we're not the way the world is, I hope. Father, give us the boldness to be a reflection of who you are, no matter the circumstances. Give us the boldness that it takes to go and do the right thing at the right time, to stand in front of people and offer a kind word or a listening ear. And that's all. No judgment, no no advice, no anything just the opportunity to share your love with them. Help us to be disciples that are making more disciples, to share our lives, to share our relationship with you, where we are in our life right now, to be real with others, to share our hardships and our joys, and to share how you brought us through both. Lord, we love you. And we're excited to see where you take us on this journey next as we go out and we be light to our world. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for coming today. It's been a good day. We hope to see you next time. And uh, have a great, great afternoon. God bless you all.